Matthew 22, 36-38, in the Amplified Classic Bible. Teacher, which kind of commandment, commandment is great and important? The principal kind in the law, some commandments are light, which are heavy. And Jesus replied to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, your intellect. This is a great and most important principle and the first commandment. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind is to care about what he cares about, to have time for him, to do his work, to make him the boss of your life, to make every other thing any other person says to you secondary, not first. So whatever Jesus cares about, whatever the Father cares about should be what you care about. Jesus loved the Father. That's why he said, I only do and say what he tells me to do. And that's how we should be living our life. I only do what he tells me to do. I only say what he tells me to say. The only, only, place, only way you can come to that place is to hang out with him. So in growing up in Jesus, I realized the best thing to do is to be corrected by him. Because if we're not corrected by him, Revelation 3.19, then we're not going to know the truth. We're not going to know what he's thinking. We're not going to know what his day is like. We're not going to know what he has on. We're not going to know. We're just not going to know. You're not going to know anything without him. And so in me asking him to correct me in everything and asking for wisdom, for wisdom, James 1, 5 says, when you lack wisdom, you can go to the giving God who gives to all liberally and without fault finding. I wrote this down. I didn't get to this book yet, but this, this happened to me one morning. His voice was strong and stern as his words pulled me straight up into a sitting position on the edge of my bed. I felt as if I was a soldier at attention before King Jesus. As he stood there next to the door, I heard him sternly declare, the hour of Jesus has come. And I'm sitting at attention listening to this. Then I hear this come up on the inside of me. What does that mean, Lord? Coming up on the inside of me, that came up, and I was so confused where that came from. And the answer was, Jesus answered, he said, a time of testing is at hand. Two days later in the morning, I heard him again. A great hour of testing is at hand. This time, his voice was above my head. Before that, it was in front of me. It was an audible voice. And this time, it caused me to look up. Two seconds later, I heard him again. He certainly said, I'm frustrated. Obey me. Now, I asked Jesus to correct me because I've learned that if I'm not corrected, I'm going to live in the dark. I'm not going to know. I'm going to live by my opinion, what I think, my feelings. And so in asking him to correct me, he does. Periodically, um, he corrects me stronger than other times. And this is one of those strong times. Um, before that, he corrected me. I, I was um, asking him why things had changed so drastically in my life with my relationship with him. And that was an audible answer, too. He said, if you really want to know, meet me here at this bench tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. And um, 
when you learn this other side of God who you didn't know before, it's because you're growing up. It's because you want to know. You know, a lot of people say, I don't want to know, and they don't look, and they put it out of their sight, out of sight, out of mind. And so that's not me. I want to know. And so when I was walking down the boardwalk, and this is before this time right here, I want to say um, five, five years, maybe less, I don't know. Anyway, I was walking on the boardwalk, and I was really frustrated with how things were going. And he had just blessed me and take care, taken care of debt. And I was on cloud nine, but then things started to dwindle away um, in every way. Uh, and so I'm like, Lord, what's going on? Talk to me. And he said, if you really want to know, meet me at this bench tomorrow morning at six. And I was on the boardwalk and I got there, shortened this up a little bit. I couldn't remember which bench it was. And I was just frantically running back and forth because I wanted to meet him. I wanted to please him. You know, we can want to please him, but our ignorance keeps us from doing that. And so, um, you know, maybe you're thinking, well, you don't have to please the Lord. I want to tell you he's a person. And just as much as you want to please anyone else in your life, you want to please the Lord. You want to please him. So, um, I got to, I, I, I was flustered. I didn't know where the bench was. And finally, I heard him talk to me. He's watching me run back and forth, you know. And he said, get your shoes, your walking shoes on. So I went back to the car. I got my shoes. He said, we'll walk and we'll talk. He said, you're like one of the five foolish virgins. I've asked you to do this, that, and the other thing. And you're not doing them. And I'm going to have to shut that door on you. Remember Matthew 25, the five foolish virgins that came back after they got their oil, after it was too late. And they were saying, Lord, Lord, let me in. And, and he, he said, I'm not, I'm not acquainted with you. The five wise, other five were wise virgins, and they were ready, and they went through that tour. So anyway, this time scared me because it was another warning, and um, the that the same day I went to the store and people were freaking out. They were running around buying stuff. People were just everywhere swarming. The gas station, the stores, everywhere. I, w I was in a place where there were just uh, a strip mall of stores and they were just bombarding the stores. I was so depressed. I thought I missed it. I thought for sure I'm going to hell. And um, so then two days later when I heard that voice above my head, and he said, I'm frustrated, obey me. He also said a little while later, this is not the time to quit and give up and get depressed. You have time. You have some time. But I don't know what he means by soon. I don't know how much time. All I know is in his word, he says a, a day with us is like a thousand years with him. And so, but at the same time, I think we keep thinking he's not coming yet. We got time and we're goofing around and thinking, you know, the reason I kept quitting is I kept thinking I couldn't do it, which is what I'm to talk about today is who's your boss? I'm thinking I couldn't do it because the enemy's saying you can't do it. You can't do this. You're not good enough. 
this is too much for you. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. I had a lot of rejection in my life, and to this day I do. And he uses that against me if I let him. And so what Jesus wants to say to you, to you today is stop letting him. Who is your boss? Who's controlling you? You know, the enemy uses people um, to get his way with you as well. And so God is saying, who's your boss, them or me? Who called you? Who anointed you? Who do you love with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind? Do you care more about what that person thinks of you? Are you letting the enemy control you? Are you taking captive every thought and making sure it's from me? Or are you listening to the damnation, to the doom and the gloom, to that voice? So I got unfrustrated. I, I got unfrustrated. I wanted him not to be frustrated. And I decided, I'm going to do this. And my circumstances aren't as I want them to be. But I'm going to do it right where I am, just with what I have. And I had so many encouragements. Like, um, I heard about people doing their thing on the street on their iPhone and and just with what they have, just doing what God is calling you to do with what you have. We have a gift on the inside of us. We're called to do that greater work. But we have so many excuses why not. And I'm here to tell you today that God is saying, do you love me? Do you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind? Do you care about what he cares about? Do you know what he's going through? We're talking about his long-suffering. He's frustrated. He's coming. It's not his will that one should perish. It's his heart's desire that you listen to him, that he's your God. And we're not listen when we're not listening to him, when he's not our God, the enemy is. Because we're listening to his lie. You can't. You're not good enough. The church won't let you. They don't want you around. They're rejecting you. Can't you see that? You're not called. Satan is going to come against you in every which way he can. He knows exact buttons to press by the things that you say, by the actions that you take. He knows exactly how to bring you down. And your part is not to listen. You, we all have the same opportunity. We all have the same platform, and that is Jesus. He's calling us to do that greater work. And we're listening to the voice of the enemy. We're listening to him and making him our boss. You know, Jesus, he didn't do what the Pharisees wanted him to do. And he told the Pharisees, the devil is your father. He also said there's no truth in the devil. And so people are going to ridicule you. They are going to say you can't do that. They are going to say you're not called, you're not anointed. But if you keep listening to that, you're going to spend your whole life 
expecting God to do something he already did. You got to do it. You got to get on your horse. I'm encouraging myself today. You got to do what you were called to do and stop listening to the voice of the enemy. He is bringing the doom and the gloom. He is out to still kill and destroy in your life. He wants to steal your happiness, your peace, your joy, and your contentment. And that happens as he steals God from you. Did God really say? You can't do that. You're dreaming. Of course I'm dreaming. God put this gift, this dream on the inside of me. And the only way you can bring it to pass is to sit with him and listen and learn and then go do that instruction that he tells you to do. And sometimes the instructions are going to seem way out there. And, and then along with that, the enemy is going to come and bring fear. What if you do do that and it's not God? What if you do it and it is God? Just do what he's telling you to do. Step out on the water. Make him your God. That's what he's saying today. And then the next most important commandment, what did Jesus say? To love your neighbor. The reason you can't love that person next to you, the reason they bug you, the reason they're in your way is because you don't love God first. Because if you love him, you're going to have the ability to love that person. That person in your life that rubs you the wrong way, person you want out of your way, that person that just irritates you. It's because you're letting that person irritate you by not sitting and having that commune with God, by not submitting to God. When you submit to God, you're going to have that contentment that peace, that joy. You're going to have him loving you so that you can love others, so you can let it go, so you can just forgive it. Just forgive it and let it go. Most people don't even know they're being used by the enemy, but you can know. When you sit with Jesus, he gives you wisdom. You know. You know what's going to happen. He tells you things to come. And he's telling us he's coming. You know, the other thing I notice is people are afraid to say Jesus is coming. Because you know why? They're afraid to say it because what if he doesn't come? What if he doesn't come and I said it? I'm going to look like a fool. I brought that up to say that just because he didn't come when you thought he was going to come, doesn't mean he's not coming, but because you were getting ready for when you thought he was going to come, at least you are ready because those of us who are them, who are afraid to say he's coming because what if he doesn't come, then they're not going to be ready. And Jesus said, if you're not ready, it'll be as a thief in the night. He'll come and you weren't ready and you're going to be in the wrong line. And he's going to say, I didn't know you. I'm not acquainted with you. He's giving us, Father is giving us time. No one knows when he's coming except the Father. He's giving us time to get ready. And like we have an urgency, Jesus has that urgency. 
He's saying, I am coming. And I am bold to say that because that's all he talks to me about. That's my mission is to tell you he's coming and you're not ready. And all the ways that you're not ready. There's so many things that we don't do or that we do do that cause us not to be ready for that day. And it all comes to one thing, and that is get ready. Find out what you need to do to get ready. Get on your knees and stop saying, I am ready when you're not ready. Because if we're ready, he'd be here. He said he's long-suffering. He's waiting for us to come. He's waiting to come for us to be ready. Because it's not his will that one should perish. And many will perish because of a lack of knowledge. Because you're not reaching out to your neighbor. Because you're not sitting with Jesus. Because you don't know what he's thinking. You don't know as well or how he's feeling. You think you're ready. And you're, and you're saying you're a Christ follower. And so in you not getting ready, that person that's following you isn't getting ready. So then you're the blind leading the blind. When we sit with Jesus and we know his heart, then we can share that. And then we can forgive. And then we can start getting ready just by our forgiveness. If we don't forgive, we're not ready. If we hold ought against one another, we can't even stand before him. So if you're not forgiveness, who are you standing before? Who are you listening to? Who's your boss? Who's directing your life? Who's come in the back door and tried to lead the sheep? Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And they don't follow the voice of a stranger. And so when you're following Jesus, you're going to recognize a voice of a stranger. You're going to run and hide behind Jesus' legs. You're going, to, you're going to run to Jesus. And then the enemy is going to flee. You're going to know where to go when he comes to try to, to, try to control you, to, to, to um, tempt you, to try to trick you and deceive you. You're going to know it's him. And you're not going to follow him. You're going to follow Jesus. It's going to be so important to you to follow Jesus. When you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, you're going to have him on your mind all the time. And you're going to want to be doing his will. You're going to want to be doing his will, not your own. Jesus wants to be involved in your life. He wants to he wants you to know him. He wants you to live with him for eternity. It is not his will that one should perish. And so whatever you're not doing that he's telling you to do, you're making the enemy your boss. You're making him your God. If people are controlling you over what God is telling you to do, then you're bowing down to them. 
if the, if God tells you to do something and they won't receive what God told you to do, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. That's what Jesus said to do when he sent out the disciples in the 70. He said, if they won't hear you, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. If they deny you, they're denying me. And so those who are walking opposed to Jesus, they're not going to be in agreement with you. You're going to have persecution. And we should be excited about that. Because in, in being persecuted and being not liked because of Jesus, what does that mean? That means we love him with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. On that day when you stand before him, Matthew 7, 21 through 23, Jesus said, not everyone who calls him Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven. So many people think they're living just like the Pharisees. They're living this religious life and they're ready for Jesus. But they're unwilling to ask Jesus if they are ready. The rich man said, what do I have to do to have eternal life? Not everyone asked that. At least he asked. I'll give him that. I ask him that all the time ever since he um, told me I wasn't going to make it. And I just want to add that um, before I go on and I forget that after that, he took me to heaven and I sat with him at the banquet table and he assured me of my assignment. And I walked through that door that the five brides maids didn't get to walk through that were knocking on the door. I was checked into the book of life. I'm an overcomer. Revelation 3, 5 says, if you overcome, your name won't be blotted out of the book of life. And so I don't even remember where I was, where I was going before I stopped here. But you need to be an overcomer. You need to stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop having that pity party with the devil and get up and get on your horse. Jesus lives on the inside of you. And he's going to back you up. He's going to give you an assignment. You're going to prove you're worthy by obeying him. And then you're going to walk in that anointing that he's called you to walk in, to do his will. So Jesus is asking you to put him above and not beneath. Don't follow those in the world who look like they know what they're doing, but get to know Jesus for yourself. Get in the word of God and get to know him for yourself. You can't live on someone else's opinion. Those who were under the leadership of the Pharisees, they were being led by the devil. Jesus said, your father is the devil. You don't want that to happen. Don't go to church and sit on the bench and believe what you hear unless you have Jesus backing that up. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. God is His Word. And so you start to know Him, 
by knowing the Word of God. And when you know the Word of God, then you're going to hear Him talking to you. He's going to match His Word. Whatever the Word says is what Jesus is going to say to you. He's not going to speak opposed to the Word. The enemy is going to twist the Word. You can twist the Word to make it mean whatever you want it to mean. But when you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, you're not going to want to change anything. You're going to want to walk in His will, and you're going to want to be corrected. If you never asked Jesus to come live on the inside of you, Revelation 3.20 says, If you heed my voice, I will come and live on the inside of you. I will dine with you. And so if you've said that prayer mistakenly thinking, I can say this prayer, then I'm going to go to heaven, because it's taught that way. It's being taught wrong. It's not just a prayer. It's not a ticket to heaven. You don't give your ticket and get on the train and then get there. But it's a commitment to him to love him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, to care about what he cares about, to be engaged. We are called the bride of Christ. You're getting ready to marry Jesus. You're letting him recreate you in his likeness. You're submitting to him and resisting the enemy. And then when you stand before him that day, you're going to be that bride without spot or wrinkle. So God is saying he's frustrated because we're not getting ready. And one of the reasons we're not getting ready is because every time we start, the enemy comes. Jesus said, if you don't get this one thing, you're not going to get anything. The enemy comes and tries to steal God from you. And he's going to do anything he can, anything he thinks that will work to stop you. And so you have to dig your feet in and you have to sit with Jesus. He'll tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit is going to come live on the inside of you if you heed his voice. And he's going to be your counselor, your standby. He's going to tell you things to come. He's going to remind you of the word. He's going to be there for you for every need that you have. And so when you say that prayer, you're saying, I'm engaged to you. I love you. I'm going to care what you care about. I'm going to do what you're doing. God's word is going to come to pass when we take his word literally and just do it. But there's so much compromise. We have so many excuses and we think it's okay. I hear so many people say, I'm waiting for Jesus. He called me, but I'm waiting for him to make it happen. I waited. Nothing's going to happen until we just do what he told us to do. Till we take him at his word, until he's the boss in our life. And we're not letting others intimidate us, their opinion, what they think, what they say. Jesus isn't going to do what that person that's telling you you can't do what Jesus says. He's not going to do it their way. We got to do it his way. We got to live in his idea. We have to change our mind, renew it to the way he thinks what he says, how his kingdom operates. We're going to live in heaven on the earth and prepare the way for him. Jesus is coming. And I started to say that before. Jesus is coming and people are afraid to say that 
because they're afraid he's not coming and they're going to look like a fool. And there's a lot of things Jesus is going to tell you to do and it's going to make you look like a fool to people who don't know, who don't sit with him, who don't understand, who haven't heard him talk to them, who don't know how he's feeling and how frustrated he is. They're not going to get it. And so you're not even going to hear him say, Jesus is coming. They don't get it. And so you look like a fool to them. But you want to care how you look to Jesus, not how you look to them. So pray with me. Jesus, we thank you and praise you for telling us the truth. We thank you that you're inviting us into your life to do your will to be a part of this great thing that you're doing right before you come. I just thank you. You haven't come yet because, like you said, many will perish because they have a lack of knowledge. So I thank you that you're patient and you're waiting. I know you're frustrated, Lord, and I want to help you with that. And I'm sure many others do. So thank you for sharing us how you're feeling, what you're thinking, where you're at, what you're going through. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And for the person, if, if you're here today and you never asked Jesus to come and live on the inside of you, and you're willing to heed his voice, I want to pray that with you right now. Jesus, come live on the inside of me. Let's pray this with me. I'm going to heed your voice. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. And I think you're going to help me to do that. I thank you that I'm going to hear what you hear and know what you know. I thank you for revealing yourself to me as I submit to you. I resist the enemy. It is my quest to follow after you, Jesus. But I need your help. Jesus has a word for us today. I am coming, and I am coming soon. And I'm giving you ample time to get ready. Take advantage of this time, because the time is near. And when I come, it will be too late. Thank you, Jesus. He just reminded me, I started to talk about Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Uh, he said, many on that day, not everyone who calls him Lord will enter in the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of the Father. And then he said, many are going to say, but Lord, we prophesied in your name. We've driven out demons in your name. And he's going to say, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. And so he wants me to bring this up, that those arguing with him, we did this, we did that. And what they, what, why, the reason they're arguing is because they weren't doing his will. They were just doing what they thought they should be doing. Without Jesus, you can't know. And he's going to say, I didn't know you. In other words, you ignored me. You didn't do what the word told you to do. You do what you did what you thought or 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 you heard someone else their opinion. 
And so we have to be really, really careful that we're looking at the Word of God and making that our stance. Not what somebody else says. Don't be lazy and go to church every Sunday and assume what you hear is truth, because it's not. I have gone to churches, and the truth is not spoken in many churches, or it's spoken partially, and then contradicted. And in fact, many churches do not allow Jesus in. It's their will, not his will. They think they're doing right, but as the Pharisees, they're being led by the enemy. And so you have to trust your relationship with Jesus, and you have to make sure what you're hearing is Him. Thanks so much for listening today. God bless you.